Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is the fantastic and wonderful Mr. Kyle Franz. Kyle, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, buddy. It's my last show. I know. I got a little break. I can't believe it. You're leaving me. Yeah. Sorry. It only took 50 episodes for you to not be on one, but, you know. That's right. Actually, it'll be 53. 50, the 53rd episode will be the one without you. Yeah, fifty. Because this is fifty-one. Yeah, and fifty-two was the interview we did last week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, that one. Thought uh-huh. we did that. Uh huh. Yeah. No spoilers here. And then the fifty-third will be with somebody else. Hello. <laughs> you just had to spoil it for him, didn't I, you? I had to. That's all right. Sorry. Oh uh, yes. Well, you're gonna do a lot of talking on that one. <laughs> it's fine. I'm used to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I do lots of talking, and people get annoyed with me. It's fine. So, we have a lot to get into. We do. So, why don't we get started? But first, so we are recording this on Tuesday because somebody's getting married on Saturday and has to pick up their talks or something like that. Boo. Jerk. It's not my fault. It's almost like you're a Pittsburgh fan or something. <laughs> please don't. Uh, please don't say that again. I know. That's bad. That's... Anyway, so... We are going to do our best to update what we can. There's some stuff that's kind of sort of we're still waiting to figure out some details on and stuff like that. So we'll get to what we get to tonight and then we'll we'll wrap things up. So starting off, we wanted to I wanted to touch back. I don't remember if I talked about that this on any of the episodes, but we talked about it in the our Thanksgivings, I think uh, we talked about the, the standings. <clears throat> So since the, and this is the statistic line. So since the 0506 season, 76.7% of teams that find themselves in a playoff spot on American Thanksgiving make the playoffs. So we touched on that. So I want to get the stat line out there because I think that that's really interesting. And so we'll see where that plays out. I don't, I mean, we don't need to spend time on this on that because we've been there, but I just wanted to make sure that stat got up there. And I don't remember if I said it already, if I did, I apologize, but I just think that that's a very fascinating, fascinating thing, especially because all these people who think Edmonton's still going to sneak back in the playoffs is fascinating to me. And like, yeah, you've had a couple of good games. Cool. It doesn't fix the massive woes that you guys have. So Anyway, we can leave that there unless you have anything else you want to comment on before we yeah, move on. I mean, nobody ever questioned if you can score goals. It's, that's fine. You can beat Anaheim 8-2. to two. That's fine, but I need, to, I need to see it for like a month straight of you winning a solid, some solid 3-2 hard work and uh, really hard working in the D zone and stopping easy shots and stuff. So until I see that, yeah, have fun beating Anaheim 8-2 to two and enjoy it. But we'll see. It's, mm-hmm. it's a long road ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and one that I don't think is... Because there's not. it's not like they're right there, but they just can't quite score. Like, they're one goal short on a bunch of games. It's like, okay, maybe if we bring in, like, a... Just for, like, last year's example, like, a, a Tarasenko. That's, you know, kind of going to really help with... You know, that's going to help us win, like, 50% of those games. Okay, then that pushes there. Like, there's no fixing this team with a one... Like a, one or two person trait you need a whole revamp of your defensive system so anyway but yeah so one thing i wanted to touch on was last friday black friday 
was the first time that a first occurrence in the NHL where all 13 different road teams recorded wins. Oh, wow. So I saw that and I'm like, we got to touch on that a little bit. That's, uh, which was on the previous high was 11. So I just thought that that was fascinating. I'm like, and I didn't really catch it until I was looking, watching like the highlights and stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, like a, like I didn't, wasn't even thinking about it. Cause when I watch highlights, I'm not paying attention to who's home and who's away. Mm-hmm. But then I'm look, thinking back on it. I'm like, oh yeah, like a lot of the, there are a lot of the way teams did win. Yeah. Like, it's funny how I think we're getting away from that, like, like hometown advantage. I don't think it's quite there. Like it quite used to be, but nah, I don't, I don't think it really <sighs> is. I mean, once you get out on the ice, it doesn't, the, the only difference is, is last change. Mm-hmm. And if you want me to explain that, that just means uh, the away team puts their line out, then the home team can decide who they want to match up against them before a face off. But other than that, there's really no advantage to being home. So besides having your fans behind you, mm-hmm. which matters, but I don't think in a November regular season, it really makes that big of a difference. No, it's much more of a big difference in playoffs. Yeah. But, and the line change thing is only a factor when you're Ryan Reeves and talking about why you didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if that game was in Toronto, we all know he would have really done something about it. Because yep. he's playing a lot of hockey recently. <laughs> Wrecked. <laughs> Where is it? Come on, hit your boom rest button. Let's go. Sorry. It's going to play a bunch of music again, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We'll move on. So... Moving on, so we have a wave, another waiver claim. So I wanted to touch on this one, especially because he was in Boston for a little bit. So Mike Riley was placed on waivers by Florida, and he was claimed by the New York Islanders. So I thought that this was interesting that like, and the Islanders just lost Ryan Pool. I'm sorry, uh, Adam Pellet mm-hmm. for well, he's on LTIR, which means I think it's four weeks at minimum has to be out. So they're looking at a decent. He's he's going to be missing for a decent chunk. So I really like this pick. I really think that he's somebody that could go, that could come in, provide them value at his low cost. And for, I mean, they didn't give anything up for him. And quite frankly, he could end up being a, a much needed piece there. Like he's somebody that I keep waiting for. Like, I feel like he's built in the same manner as like ghost. And I keep waiting for him to really like show that he can play at the NHL level consistently. And he just keeps kind of like, eh. He'll show a little bit of it, and it's but it's very short lived. So I'm hoping maybe being being with the Islanders will change that. You know, maybe a different coach, and maybe this system is a system that works for him. But I really like him. I really like the way that he plays. I really had high hopes for him, but you know, hasn't really worked too well yet. But you know, he gets another opportunity in a different organization. So we'll see what ha- what happens there. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this uh, this move for him. I, I didn't think it was going to work in Florida, but. I, there there could have been opportunity with all the injuries they had and stuff, but it just wasn't going to work for them, uh, especially with all those guys coming back. So it made a lot of sense for them. But um, I'm hoping he's kind of like a Mike Matheson in Montreal. Mm. Once he finds his home, that's where it's just going to be. And the Islanders, they, they could use a defenseman that can step into the play like him. And he's a good skater. He's got his only problem is it's a confidence. Mm-hmm. Like he'll move the puck up and he'll jump into the play and do stuff. But like, he never finishes anything. Mm-hmm. Like he never, like his shots, not terrible. It's just like, he just doesn't score. Like, and it's weird for someone that moves like he does and skates as well as he does. And he just can't finish in the O zone. And sometimes like, he'll just catch it. You'll, you'll catch him kind of skating more on the perimeter instead of like cutting to the middle or trying to make 
get get to a better open area. He just tries to create space by using the outside and doesn't always work. But hopefully, I mean, he's a good player. He's a really good defenseman, and I, I think he should be. An, he is an NHL-caliber defenseman. Mm-hmm. I think he just needs to find a home, and he's not going to replace Adam Pellick, but it's a mm-hmm. defenseman you can put in your lineup because he does not play near the good the great defense that a guy like Pellick plays, but uh, the Islanders could use some help on the offensive end. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a good fit. Yeah. Especially because Sebastian Ajo is also hurt. The Islanders, Sebastian Ajo is currently hurt. So like they're running with Grant Hutton and Samuel Bulldog um, as their, well, sixth and seventh defensemen. So even, even with, if Pellick comes back or Ajo comes back, like there's still opportunity for him to kind of pushes his way into that lineup okay. and or even <laughs> excuse me um too much laughing before the, the episode started <laughs> um but even if it's something where you know he kind of it kind of makes maybe he works his way through and makes Romanov expendable yeah you know like or or even sebastian Ajo, like maybe they decide i mean sebastian Ajo's in a ufa after this year maybe they decide you know hey we don't want to pay you would rather keep mike riley and you know, maybe like, you know, that's what they need. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what he's going to, what he's going to end up doing. And I mean, he's already played, what was it, 300 and 341 NHL games. He has 98 points. So he's played enough that he should be taking that step. So hopefully this is the Mike Matheson because it's funny because I really, I agree with like, that's a good example of somebody who he struck, like, he was good in Florida for a while and then he just kind of lost his way. And then it was just like he couldn't find his way in Pittsburgh. And then he got to Montreal and it was like, boom, a completely mm-hmm. different player. And so I'm interested to see if that doesn't, you know, if maybe this is this is their his Montreal. So it's ironic because he played for Montreal. But yeah, so yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, we'll see what has what happens there. So next up we have Taylor Hall going down for the rest of the season with an injury. It was a knee surgery, I believe. Yeah. I don't remember the exact extent of the injury. I think it was just, they just said knee surgery. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big loss for Chicago. It, I feel bad for him. Like mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, he got me moved from Boston. Who's obviously a good team and all just because of his cap had nothing to do with his play. I mean, Taylor Hall's a great player. Um, and he was supposed to go in and play with Bedard and, uh, his points weren't there, but the few games I watch, you can tell he was helping Bedard's game out a lot. And it's a shame. Chicago lost a big piece there. Not that Chicago's going on to win the cup or anything, but it's still a big loss for him because man, they really don't have much now with him gone. No. And it's oops. And it's a shame too, because like they, they brought him in to kind of really give Bedard a little bit of safety. And or well, I guess just like bring in people who can actually play with them, keep up with them. And I thought that this was going to be the 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 season that we're reminded of Taylor Hall was a first overall pick for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're going to see that he's going to take that step forward. And now I'm like, man, that just sucks for him. Like, I, I don't know. And and he might be forced to sign one-year contracts for the rest of the way. Yep. Like, unfortunately, which it's crazy because, I mean, when he got to Chicago, he was a 10th first overall player to play for six or more different franchises. So he's probably going to end up being the the highest amount of teams played for first overall pick. Yeah. Unless he decides to go back, like which he might, he may say, Hey, I'll, I'll go back to Boston on a one year, 100 or $1 million contract and replace JVR or whatever. Yeah. 
maybe that's what he decides to do or go back to Edmonton. Who knows? But like he may go back to somewhere he's already been, but you know, it's, it's a shame because it's like, he was somebody that I do like him. There's definitely some issues with his game that I don't really care for, but I always thought that he was a very good player and it's a shame to see. It's always a shame to see somebody get injured, but it's also somebody who like he's been kind of thrown under the bus for stuff that is not his fault. You know, like, and unfortunately like in Boston, he was making six million dollars. They just didn't have the six million dollars to spend. Mm-hmm. I I think they wanted him. They wanted him there. They just unfortunately, there's also the business side of things, and they just needed to move on from it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's you know it's nothing against a player, and it's just an unfortunate part of the game. But you know, it's like he's kind of got like he really got thrown under the bus in Edmonton, and then that one for one trade just like it looked really bad, and then get traded to Arizona, and then not work out in Arizona, and just like he's kind of been in a couple different places where it's like. And I think people have kind of gone, you're a first overall pick. You should be able to prove your worth kind of thing. And it's like, well, to me, I think there's there's two different versions of, of very good players. There's one who who push the play and ones who don't. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's one who pushes play. He needs to be with somebody who does push play, which is why I was excited to see him with Bedard, because I feel like Bedard's going to be a pusher. And not, and not everybody he's played with is a pusher. As amazing as Bergeron was, I don't think Bergeron was really a pusher. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was somebody that he produced, but he wasn't like a play pusher. And that, that's something that I think you see with, with like a McDavid or a Crosby is, and even like points, another good example of that is they push the play, you know, and they really, they're good when they're pushing the play and when they're carrying the puck, they're not good when they're not, when they're, you know, the guy that's streaking in last or something. Which I think is also why Stamkos has done so well in Tampa because he's kind of been afforded to be able to be the not pusher and be able to, to come in on the as a third guy high or whatever or come in a little bit late. Mm-hmm. And that's more of what I think fits Paul's game. And so I really thought this was going to be the year where you see him score 40 goals again and really get himself back on the mark or get back on the on the horse. But unfortunately, another injury that's significant and obviously will cost them the rest of the season. So it is unfortunate. I do feel bad for him because there's just nothing you can do about injuries. Nope. Yeah. Well, and also, too, I, you know, we've talked about Edmonton enough. I'm not trying to get too in-depth with that. But he's another example of, like, a high-end pick. He named all those teams he was just on. But how many coaches change, coaching changes has he gone mm-hmm. through with that, too? Mm-hmm. Like, that can't be stressed enough about how hard that is for a mm-hmm. player to develop and become what they you expect them to be when they have a new coach every every year or every second year, mm-hmm. which Taylor Hall has had his whole career. Mm-hmm. Because with all the coaches they had in Edmonton, then he went to Jersey, and I am drawing a complete blank of who the Devils coaches were through those times. But um, I believe they went through at least two while he was there. Then he gets moved to Arizona for the rest of that season, has a new coach there, then gets moved to Buffalo, has a new coach there, then gets moved to Boston, has a new coach there, goes through a coaching change in Boston from Cassidy to Montgomery, and then now gets, I mean, the amount of coaches he's been through is, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that can be discussed. And that's definitely something I want to do at some point is go back and see all the quote unquote busts. Mm-hmm. And see how many coaches they went through mm-hmm. during their tenure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I. I mean, that cannot be stressed enough. How important it is to have a consistent player that's coach or a consistent coach in your in your career. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, I know that that's sometimes just impossible. And I know that obviously sometimes you have to fire coaches. I get that. But I also feel like that's why you really need to commit. I mean, commit, commit to a coach. Mm -hmm. And I get it. And it's like, because even, which we'll get to with, with Minnesota firing their coach, I get why they did. They kind of didn't really have a, a way around it. But I also feel like you really need to keep guy. Like, you need to say, okay, we suck. Okay. We need to let this coach and this team figure it out. Yep. Now, again, I know that, you know, the guys lose the locker room and all that, blah, 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 blah. But I really think that that is, it hurts some of your star players so much. Like, I mean, so much. So, I don't know. It's it's just it's it's tough, and and it really can be something that kills you. Like it, it can absolutely kill your team. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. And uh, and to top it off too. Um, oh, I guess we can transition into the Minnesota coaching. Or do you have anything else to say in Hall? Um, I was gonna touch quickly. So he had John Hines the whole time he was in Jersey. Okay, hold it. So he had, which actually, let me look because I wrote all this down because they've had so many coaches. But Edmonton, he would have had Tom Tom Rennie as his coach originally in Edmonton. Then he would have had, let's see, when did he move? 1516. So he would have had five coaches in Edmonton. And one, two, three, four, five, six, six seasons. He had five coaches. Is that possible? Oh my god! Yeah, it is. It is. That's crazy. Yep. So, um, so he had five, six. He had one in one in Arizona, seven. One in Buffalo's eight. Two in Boston's ten, and one. In, so he's at eleven coaches right now through fourteen NHL seasons. There you go. That's crazy. I mean, it's got to say something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. It's. I, I couldn't imagine. No, I, I. Yeah, that's insane. Now I know Edmonton had a lot to do with that, but also moving teams all that time too is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Well, it's, yeah, in two well, seasons he say, played for four teams. Right, as I say, and then two of those seasons he was trade dead. Well, Arizona wasn't trade deadline, but. Close enough. It was mm-hmm. middle of the season deal. Mm-hmm. And then Boston was a trade deadline. Then played a full year, a uh, year and 16 games worth of Bruce Cassidy and then a full year of Montgomery. So, yeah. No, that's, I mean, yeah. Cause every other organization, well, Boston, he had two, but he had, he had Hines for four years in, in New Jersey. And then he had one, you know, and then it's like, okay, then, it, and then it was kind of him. You know, deciding like he he signed in Buffalo and then he got traded like mm-hmm. and like kind of kind of sort of his choice so it's a little bit different and I also feel like well like switching organizations is all, sometimes is easier than just switching head coaches because it's like because you're kind of coming in versus having them come in yeah you know so it's like a little bit different of a mindset and but the culture is already built yeah exactly you're just joining the culture yeah so oops yeah, whatever but yeah so eh, we'll move on unless you have anything else you want to add there nope. Okay, so we will move over. So help me out, Dean Evison. Evison. Okay, Dean Evison has been fired in Minnesota. You don't have that sound bit, do you? I don't. Dang it. Sorry, I didn't. You fired. <laughs> we'll just go with that for right now. 
So, yeah, so Dean Evison has been fired in Minnesota, and assistant coach Bob Woods – oh, sorry, Bob Woods is also fired. So uh, I don't remember. Did they name a coach? I don't remember. Yeah, you just said his name a few minutes ago. John Hines. Oh, that's right. Thank yeah. you. I forgot to save that in my thing, but that's right, uh, which will be interesting. So, but again, I mean, I got to look it up now because I don't know how, how you you don't know how long he's been there, do you? Uh, I'd say three years, if I had to guess. What? Nothing. Sorry. Don't mind me. Um, eighteen nineteen. So one, two, three, four, five. Oh, sorry. Okay, so he's head coach for four and a half years. Well, I guess technically three and a half years, really. He was, well, four years total. Sorry. He was head coach for three full seasons and then promoted halfway through one and then fired halfway through another. Okay. Again, it's not that long. No. Like, realistically. We've talked about Minnesota so much about the cap thing and mm-hmm. how well they've played with being at the cap situation. I'm sorry. I and I I'm I'm okay with the hire because I am a big John Hines fan. I mm-hmm. think he is going to help this team, push this team to a but I don't think he's going to push them to a different level. I just I, you got to let him figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I I understand there's it's it's kind of moving away. The season's falling apart very quick mm-hmm. um unless there's players that aren't happy i i don't mm-hmm. know i i caprizov's not doing what he normally does year in and year out um i don't know i've watched a couple of their games and i guess i guess i understand because minnesota's kind of been pretty they win games they do what it takes but they're pretty blah mm-hmm. like they're pretty much like Okay, we get it. Like you're gonna go out, you're gonna win three two, which is fine. Like it's cool. Like I like the way they play, but like I guess they're looking for a spark, a little bit more mm-hmm. offense, a little bit more, which is John Hines is gonna bring for mm-hmm. sure. So um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the fire, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean it's it's <sighs> I don't know how a coach is supposed to compete when he's losing 14.743 a year of what he could be on his team. Like, I don't think that that's the coach's fault, but, and again, I mean, it's tough because yeah, we don't know what's going on in the locker room. Like maybe the guys are done and they're like, yeah, we need, we need out or whatever, you know? Okay. But I I just feel like at some point you kind of got to go to everybody and be like, you as a team have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. We're not firing you. We're not trading anybody. Figure it out. I also think that sometimes you have bad seasons and sometimes you just need to accept it and it sucks. It really does suck. But it's also one of those things of where when you commit to buying out two massive contracts, you run the risk of having this exact thing happen. So at what point is it just like, okay. It is what it is. You know, there's there's just nothing we can do about it. And I don't know. I just I have a tough time. Like, I, I want to see if you're going to hire somebody, I want to see you give them five years at, at five years. If they haven't make any, made any changes, you know, like, OK, it's like it's hard, though, when you have and I get it. They were a very good, obviously, in the playoffs, like a very good team last year. And they're. I mean, in seventh place in the central, like 
rough. I mean, because that's I honestly I didn't realize how bad they were doing. And then me, me, my brother, and my dad were talking about Edmonton on Sunday, and I was looking at standings, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they have only have 14 points in 19 games, like, and only have only scored 57 goals on the year. Like, wow, what the heck is going on in Minnesota? But stuff happens, you know. Like, I don't know. It, it's tough because it's like you you don't want to see him just excuse it, but at the same rate, it's like. Yeah, and and Breezov only has 18 points in 19 games, and it's just not enough. But it's like, but again, I also feel like they have decent amount of points. But the, I think the the biggest thing is like the goaltending hasn't been very good, and the defensive play hasn't been very good. And that's where I'm like, and that's kind of where I'm stuck with. I don't know what to think because nothing really changed. So why did they go? Why did they get? Like all of a sudden, it's just like everything the bottom dropped out, and maybe that is a coach, but I don't know. I just it just seems like a fluke to me. And at what point do you just let it be a fluke? Well, that's I completely agree with what you just said about the, you know, every team sometimes just has a bad season, and I think if I'm Minnesota, I would just accept it, mm-hmm. like you just said, because uh, frankly, if you're gonna have a bad season, it's not the worst time to have it right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yep. I think it'd be okay to be a top five pick this year, and um, I don't know. Frankly, it'd probably help them in the long haul. At, with the cap raising up, you can get yourself a high pick and see what you can do with it. And I get it. I get you build your, your expectations, and Minnesota, uh, the Wild organization has asked a lot of patience mm-hmm. from uh, from the fans. And yeah, I I don't know. I think I would have been patient with it. Like I said, I I am a John Hines fan. I do like that he's back in the league again. I I think he belongs as at least a coach in the league. But um, because like I didn't think I frankly I didn't think his time in Nashville was up. Like I think he could have done something with that team, and I was fine with the Andrew Burnett hire there. But like I think he still should be Nashville's head coach. But yeah, um. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the, he can do, and I mean, I'm hoping he can because I want Minnesota to be in it. But yeah, we, we we're talking about how Edmonton can't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's worse than them, and I didn't realize that either until this happened. But I don't know. Do you really think you can make a comeback? I hope so, but we'll see. Yeah, and I think, and again, I and I, you hate to kind of give up on a season, but I also feel like at some point you just accept the fact that you're, you're the third. You're the thirtieth team in the league. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not making the playoffs. And quite frankly, maybe you take. Um, sorry, Washington's approach last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, we ha- we're having a bad year. Okay, now what? Yeah, it is what it is. You move on. Look at what they did. They traded Orloff. They got a first round. They ended up end up moving that and making it Rasmus Sandin. Yep. Okay, what could you do with a top five pick or a top three pick? I think you right. know if it, you want to help your immediate team, yeah. If you feel if you feel that confident that this team, this core, can win a Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. then yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I just think I just think I, I if I'm Minnesota, I'm just I'm being a little bit more patient, and I don't think I don't know. I don't know what happens behind the scenes or anything. I just don't think you can fully put that on the coach because also mm-hmm. too you got to remember mm-hmm. that. Um, 
like you mentioned a few minutes ago, the goaltending is not pretty. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a lot of problems there mm-hmm. right now, but I don't think enough that you can, that you should be, you know, firing your coach over. That's just my opinion. though. Yeah. Well, that's like, again, if you commit to him, I mean, it's hard because Washington did turn their coach over in that time, but it's also hard when Laviolette comes in with Jeff life. He's just one of the coaches. His time was up. You know that with him. Exactly. I yeah. think when hit, when a, a Laviolette team starts losing, his time is up. It's just, it, it, he's a very, 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 very good coach, but he just has his type, just has a shelf life. So, but it's like looking at this team, like, okay, Flurry, Bogosian, Golgoski, Maroon, and Duhame are all UFAs this year. Marcus Johansson has one more year. Uh, Jake Middleton has one more year. John Merrill has one more year. Like, that's all pieces you could move if you wanted to. And like, and just accept the suck and move a couple pieces and then just move forward with the core and say, hey, you know what? It is what it is. And because to me, it's like, okay, we're now facing some adversity. Okay, let's use that to motivate us to be better. Yeah. To, to We're never going to be here again. And that's the thing with these guys is, hey, if we get here again, everyone's gone. Don't let it happen again and hold them accountable for that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so... I don't know. I just, to me, I think that there's, and unfortunately, it's just kind of the way it is. Like the coach always gets fired first, but it's just a shame because it's like, I really think that they should have just gritted their teeth and just said, ah, it's one season. We're going to be okay. Right. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But, agree. all right. So I wanted to touch on this quickly. We'll be very brief, but. Sam Gerard has left the Colorado Avalanche for a time and he has entered into the player assistant program. So uh, I just want to just, you know, shout him out for just deciding to do what was best for him. Yep. And we hope him nothing but the best in his time. We hope that he figures out what's going on with him and his family and, and especially like he's married. And so like what's going on with his wife and all that, like I just hope him all the best and hoping that this doesn't affect his career because I don't think it needs to, but he hoping that he gets himself in a better place and gets back to, and gets to come back a better player. Yeah. So just want to just touch on that briefly. And also, so everybody, well, for the people who, you know, may notice, you know, they're watching Colorado and they're like, where the heck is Sam Gerard? Sometimes this stuff like slips through the cracks and you're not, sometimes it's like, I don't know where they went. So just a little, just wanted to touch on that quickly. I didn't, we don't need to go into that real deep, but yeah. So, Next up, we have Nick Foligno playing 1,100 NHL games. What a feat. That's awesome. So cool. I love that guy. I'm so happy to see that. And Man, I I miss him in Boston. I really do. He's one of those mm-hmm. players when he played in Columbus. It's just, man, I, I, I love that guy. I mm-hmm. love watching him play hockey. He, he's, I'm glad, glad to see he's still playing at 1,100. And once he when he retires, the league's going to miss Nick Foligno for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been it just he is somebody that I think is so helpful to if you want to build a culture, this is the type of player you need. And which is why I was really I really thought it was a very smart move by Chicago to bring him in. And now ironically, he's one of the three vets, the only of the three vets left at this point. And so but again, it's like that's who you want there. Mm -hmm. Like that's this is the guy you want building your team around you want to our well, not building your team around but like building your culture around you want this guy in the locker room with your 18 to 22 year olds you want him showing them the ropes 
how he plays is how you win. You know, that's he get, goes out there and he gives everything he has, no matter what's going on. That's what you need. You mm-hmm. need you need to be able to do that. So, congrats to him on eleven hundred games. Hopefully, you he gets. I don't know how many more because we. I don't like if he plays until he's forty. That's awesome. And I, but I don't know how many more games that'll be. So, but yeah, and it's also like funny looking at this picture that I have up here of him from his when he got drafted. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you hardly recognize him. He looks like a baby. Yep. It's so funny. Yeah. But till now, and yeah. Congrats on a great career so far. We look forward to seeing you know a couple couple more games out of you, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll, well hopefully he gets to hold a cup at least one more time or hold a cup at least once before he's done. Yeah. So because you know he went to Toronto and that killed any chances yet. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Well, roasted. There it is. There it is. All right. Next up, we have the. I mean, we got to talk about the Ottawa-Florida thing, right? Like, <laughs> we have to, right? That was amazing. <laughs> I love that stuff. It's, it, it, seeing the bench, like, like that video shows that Matt's showing me now, but I'm sure a lot of people have seen how there's no one on the bench. I was very lucky enough when I was, what, nine years old to see the Flyers and Ottawa Senators, ironically, their brawl that they had in Philadelphia. I was at that game, and I'll never forget <laughs> looking down and seeing the bench. There was like, there was like four or five guys on on the bench, and it looked very similar to that last night. So it's good to see hockey's doing that, and can't acknowledge enough how the Kachucks saved the NHL. <laughs> Those freaking unicorns! Oh man, one hundred and sixty-four penalty minutes were given out last night, last night's game, which is a lot. Don't get me wrong. But then we looked up that Ottawa game that Kyle was talking about between Ottawa and Philly, and there was 419 penalty minutes given out the game. <laughs> and out of those 419, 399 of them were given out in a 47-ish second time span. Yep. So If, if you've yeah. never seen it, just look up Flyer Senators Brawl. It was in 2004. Do yourself a favor and go on YouTube and look it up because... It was a good time. It was a good time to be a fan of hockey. <laughs> oh, yes. But last night was similar. It was really cool to see that. Um, you know, it wasn't as like that one was. There's no doubt because the league today just kicks everyone out in the last few minutes when there's anything. But mm-hmm. um, it was still fun, like just to see Matthew in the ben- in the penalty box already <laughs> for fighting, and then Brady's like, I- I'll follow you up. <laughs> goes in like literally kicks the goalie and just starts a massive just it's just so fun it's fun to watch i love those guys i'm so glad they're in the nhl and um they're, they're just so good for the league and the league you know for a couple of years there was really missing they were missing mm-hmm. that um just intensity they're, they're, they're two of the best players in the game that's not a question but you want to you want to try to chirp with them <laughs> mm-hmm. and they just they get under everyone's skin and they're they're so good for the game mm-hmm well, it's like the intensity aspect, but it's also the compete level. Yep. Like it's the mixture of the two things. And I think that that's where like people will be like, oh, well, like they just want to fight. And it's like, no, they don't. They don't want to fight. They're, they can't, they can't stand losing, which you need if you're going to win a cup. Sorry, you need somebody in your locker room that's like that, which 
is part of the reason that I think there's a lot of team roasted. Oh, okay. I just, sorry. I just assumed we were getting (laughs) to the Edmonton Toronto, but it's fine. I wasn't even going to, I was trying to get ahead of the game. I wasn't even going to mention them. I was just going to be very broad about it, but because I don't think it's, it's, I mean, I think there's a, there's a reason a lot of teams haven't won cups. They should have. Yeah, you're right. And that's the reason it's part of the, I mean, it's at least a big part of the reason if you're not intense and if you don't care, if you lose, you're never going to win. And so it's like, you need guys like this pushing your locker room, which is why, the Brady Kachuk over all the like there there's a lot of speculation a lot of speculation about who was getting drafted where and the fact that well and again I don't know what the heck Montreal was doing but like why why would you let Brady Kachuk slide and take Kakanami which whatever that's a whole nother thing but like Ottawa and that's the other thing too is that the pick that they used there was it was supposed to be that year or the next year had to go to Colorado they chose to keep that selection, and so they ended up with Brady Chuck. And what they lost out on was Bowen Byron. Oh wow! So like, and don't take me wrong. I think Byron's a great defenseman, and he's going to be a great defenseman for a very, very long time. It hurts to lose that, but this team would be crippled without Chuck because that's how much he means to an NHL team. Both of them, like both of those guys, and that's like I, I just. I guess, you know, Gretzky was traded a couple times, so anybody can be traded in the league. But, like, how the heck do you trade away Matthew Chuck? Like, I just, uh, it's, it's, and quite frankly, that may be the, that may have been the downfall of Calgary. Mm-hmm. That may have been the bottom falling out for them and the biggest fumble that the Calgary could have possibly done. Yeah. So, you want to win, you need guys like that in the league and, or you know, guys like that on your team. And the league needs guys like that because, they it's more fun to watch fans are in it more although ironically when this is happening it looks like the entire crowd got 10 minute misconducts as well so because there's no one in the stands <laughs> but which is the best comment so far i've seen here so yeah. um but yeah like it's just one of those things where it's it's if you got if teams want to win they need and i think this is also why the interview process with drafting and talking like getting to know these kids before you draft them is important because if you sit down with a 17, 18 year old matter and you're talking to them, you can see the signs for this there, which is why I think that people were as high. Oh man, I'm drawing totally drawing a blank on his name now. Um, who got Ryan Leonard. Sorry. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are, very high on him and which I'm super excited to see him in a couple of years because that's kind of like, it seems like that's the type of guy he is. So that's what you need. If you're going to win cups, like you need that in your locker room. So it's like, you can look back on, and we just talked about Nick Felino. Like that's kind of how he is now. He's not as skilled. So he looks more like, well, at least at this point in his career, he, he was much more of a skill guy a little bit when he was younger, but like, but even so, I don't know that he was ever quite as good as either of these guys. Cause these guys are just unicorns, their skill. And then the grit and all that, they don't come along that often anymore, but which is also why they're good for the league. Like you pointed out. Yeah. No, the league, the league was where the NHL was in a stalemate. There was so, just, all right, let's go. You go play your game and you score a bunch of goals. You do things. And Fighting was down and everything. I'm not saying drop the gloves and punch each other. And I'm a, I'm a, I am a fan of fighting. Yes, I do enjoy it. But I'm talking about what these guys do. 
just go into the net. Maybe giving the goalie a little shove, mm-hmm. or when you're skating away from a guy, just tug their jersey, pull their <laughs> stick away from them, you know, give them a little chop on the leg. Like nothing major, but just little things that just start, just just get under the skin of the other team. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Most mm-hmm. of the time it works. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I don't know. I love it. I'm so glad those guys are in the NHL. Um, I didn't see uh, Keith Kachuk's full career. Mm-hmm. I was young, but from what I remember, it's these guys, but bigger, <laughs> like more strong. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's so cool to see that this family is what saved the NHL, in my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because, like, I wonder what e- like either of them under Tortorella would look like. Mm-hmm. Because Tortorella takes guys like Ryan Paling and makes them into like guys like this. Yeah, you know, like, and you know, it's it's some people be like, oh, why do why do you have to do that? You shouldn't have to do that. But it's like that fire that it creates on the other team will then it leads to. You have to be in it to win it if you want to win these games. You have to be competing. You have to be pushing. And it just is one of those things where I think there's lots of very good players who are very easy to play with. There's a difference between like good players who are easy to play with and guys you would follow into battle. The Kachuk brothers are guys you would follow into battle. Like they, that's You are right behind them into whatever they do because you know that they have your back whatever happens and they're gonna yeah they're gonna stir the pot and yeah sometimes they're gonna go too far and then you're you may have to pay for it okay but most of the time it's really effective and it helps you and i think we saw that last year in the playoffs with matt like you saw what he was doing and what like just how much of an impact he had on every series because of all that stuff that he was doing and it's like and even how he pulled that out of sam bennett Cause like, I would never say like, I never thought Sam Bennett was that type of player. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he plays with Matt and it's just like totally different. Yeah. Like just totally different, but it's, you need that. If you're going to win, if you're going to, if you're going to compete in this version of the NHL, you need that. And so, yeah, I, and I do, I mean, I, I love the way they play and the whole, the whole hundred plus penalty minutes and whatever the stat line was, but the goals or shots on net or something like that, where they're the only two is awesome. So would love to see more players like this. Unfortunately, they're very rare and we don't see a lot of them, but I'm thankful that there's two of them and that they're brothers in, in the same division. Yeah. It makes it so funny. Yep. I completely agree. Uh, yes. So sticking in the division, we're going to head over to Buffalo. So Buffalo has sent Devin Levi to the Rochester. So he's getting demoted to the AHL. I think this is a really good thing. Yes. I really... I. I think he's going to be a very, very, very good NHL goalie. He needs to get acclimated to the pro game. That's okay. It's okay for him to go down and play some games in the minors. Let him get some confidence. Let him figure out what he's doing. Let him build, you know, build his his process and and also we got to remember too, like he comes from a college schedule which isn't quite as intense, and now he's playing professional hockey and like. So okay, like it's a little different. So let's give him some time. You know, like I, this is not this is not getting demoted when you're 27 years old. And it's like, well, that was your last chance. You know, like no, like he's got a very bright future ahead of him. And I think people are freaking out, and I'm not sure I understand why. Like, especially for a goalie, you need you need to see the puck and you need to start games. Mm-hmm. He's going to do a lot more of that in Rochester than he is in Buffalo right now because Buffalo needs to win games because they're trying to get back in the playoff picture. Okay, they can do that with with 
Puka Pekaluokunin and Eric Comrie. That's okay. Let Levi, sh- like, let him figure, him- find himself in, in AHL and, and go from there. But, yeah. I completely agree. I, Frank, like, Buffalo is just, they're just a bad team right now. Mm-hmm. As much as I want them to be good, they're not. They're just, a, they're a bad team. They're not ready for this yet. Mm-hmm. As much as I thought they were, a lot of people thought they were, they're not. They got some work ahead of them. So why kill the kids' confidence now? Get them down there. Go start pretty much every game in Rochester. And just learn the schedule. Learn the game. Get get more acclimated. He's made... Uh, I was watching the one game. I forget who they were playing. It was like two weeks ago. And I'm just like... I, I literally thought that. I'm like, I think it's time for them to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. He, he's just not ready for this. It's too much. He came fresh out of college last year. Um, at the end of last year, hopped in, played some important games for him at the end of the year, and had his struggles, but he played pretty well for the most part in the seven games he played last year. It, he just it was he came into the NHL with confidence, and then you go through a full training camp and everything. He's learning it all. He's getting he's he's getting acclimated to it, but it's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm excited for his career. I think it's a good move for both sides and. Hopefully in Rochester, he puts up some good numbers and plays well and wins some games down there, gets that confidence back, and maybe by the end of the year, he'll be back up. Actually, I'll put money on it. He will be back up by the mm-hmm. end of the year because I really have a good feeling he's going to go down and play well, and he's going to get another opportunity, no doubt. But, um, yeah, hey, we're big fans of him on here, especially after you'll hear. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but he was discussed a lot with our last interview we had. So. I'm really cheering for this kid to um, to make it, and I think he will, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not going to spoil too much about our next interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but anyway, because of that, we do know someone who knows him personally, which obviously I won't get too much more into that than that and leave that for Tuesday. But this kid has a really good head on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. He's going to handle this fine. He's going to handle this very well. And so that's going to be the big thing is like, he's not going to be like, oh, and like, oh, well, I should be in the NHL and be sulking in the AHL and, and just like not caring. He's going to go down. He's going to put in his work. And this may be the Jeremy Swayman thing where it's like, yeah. just so you know, yeah, send me down. That's fine. I will not go back after this. Yeah. Like, when I come back up, I'm here for good forever. Like, you will not be sending me back down ever again. I think that's probably more than likely the case here. Yep. Good for him. Again, mm-hmm. I don't have any like I really think it's good. I mean, he's he's hope well next month he he turns twenty two. For a goalie, that's very young, yeah. especially because he he's literally played sixteen professional hockey games. Right. <laughs> like people relax. Yep. He played nine games so far this year. He's got an eight seventy six save percentage. He's three four and one. It's okay. Crazy. Let him go down and play some games. That's okay. But anyway, it's yeah, it's tough because people are, you know, people go crazy about little things like that. And hey, it is what it is. He's going to be a great goalie, and he will definitely be up before the end of the season for yep. sure. Now, moving on, we have another in division thing. So, which everybody's probably like, are you guys just like not going to talk about this today? We're finally here. We're at the Patrick Kane signing. So, Detroit. Fine, Elliot, you win. Freaking hot take that actually came true. <laughs> One year, $2.75 million deal for Patrick Kane. He's headed to Detroit. 
So why don't you give me your thoughts on this, there, guy? Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of how I want to start. <laughs> I don't get it. Usually by talking. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to sit back. Maybe I'll just let out a... You're uh, trying to kill me again, bro. You're yeah, trying to kill me again. last time. I was hoping it would. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just not very high on Detroit. That's mm. just my opinion. I could be wrong. They're playing pretty well right now. Again, I just, I'm surprised that's who he, he chose to go to. Um, I heard there was a lot of speculation that the whole DeBrinket thing wasn't mm. going to, it wasn't true. And then all of a sudden, I guess it was true. Um, I don't hate the deal for both sides. I really don't. I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I think I'm just overreacting to hearing or reading some of the comments and seeing some writers and stuff go like, oh, this is going to put them over the top. You know, we're already starting at that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. over the top of what? Get them into the playoffs, maybe? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I don't even know if it does. We'll see. I need to see it first. I need to see him play on the team. I need to see how he fits on the roster. Um, I look at the lineup, and frankly, I just don't really see like a great fit. I mean, maybe, I guess, but I don't know. I'll let you go because I really don't know what to say because right now I don't really have an opinion. But Yeah, I, th- I it's funny. Like, I think Patrick Kane will go down as one of the best American players ever. So I want to be like, get that out there. I think Patrick mm-hmm. Kane is amazing. I don't want to take away from him, but this is two teams in a row. I don't think that he fits with mm-hmm. looking at this, this lineup and I'm looking at, so right now it's to bring comfort Raymond, then Bergeron cop Fabry, Rasmussen, Valeno, Perron, Sprong, Fisher, Costin. Dylan Larkin's not playing right now. He's hurt. Mm-hmm. So you got to get fit, fit two forwards in this group. Who's coming out of your lineup? I mean, I would assume it's going to be Bergeron and probably Costin, but I don't know that that like Kane will always help a team for sure. I, and I don't want to like not and say he won't, but I'm also looking at like, okay, are you pushing cop to your fourth line or are you putting Volano on your fourth line? Or is it like, are you dropping like, and cause to me, like Rasmussen's played well enough. He should definitely be. And he's so imposing with his, his size. Like you want him up there. You want him playing third line minutes. So somebody either a pro, like Valeno still too young. Like you really don't want him playing fourth line minutes. Like that doesn't really help him. So, okay. So you demote Perron to your fourth line. Like, I just don't see the fit or is it, does Fabry drop out? Like, I don't know. I just I don't really see the really good fit there for him with what's going on right now on this team. You know, like it's tough. Like, okay, maybe next year when Perron's gone, that okay, I could see that that making sense. And maybe that's what's coming. Maybe they're moving Perron. I don't know. But it just seems like I don't know. I just don't know that I like the fit. I really like Kane as a player. I really think that he's very special and there's not many players that can do what he does. But he's also coming in halfway through the season. Well, not halfway through the season, but 20, 22 games into the season. He's coming off a major hip surgery. I, I don't know. I just don't know what they're going to do with him. And it makes me a little bit concerned. And I definitely don't think this makes him a Stanley Cup contender. I don't think they're there yet. But 
again, that's fine. Like, make the playoffs. Yeah. Make the playoffs. Play around the playoffs for sure. Try and get to the second round. Okay, you go out, you go out. It's still a very young team. You have a lot of pieces moving forward. I mean, your your top prospect is not even like he's not playing in the which obviously every guess everybody technically everybody's top prospect isn't playing in the NHL, but like <laughs> no, I know, you know, I know like, what you're saying. Um it's still like looks really good for the team overall. I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I just it just seems odd and and I again, unless a trade's coming that I'm not aware of, I don't know. It just uh, it all seems a little funny to me. Oh, and I also look at a guy like Debrinket who has surprisingly started off the season playing really well. He's a lot of he's top in the league in points, and he's he's done. I don't know, it, but everybody keeps bringing up like, oh, well, Kane's just going to help that. Kane's going to make him better. Kane's going to blah 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 do this all that, and I'm like, but. Wasn't he supposed to help Panarin? Well, that made it worse. I, I don't know. It's not like Kane's just going to hop in there and everything's going to be like three years ago, four years ago in Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. and isn't aren't you happy with what Debrinket's already done? Like, mm-hmm. why are you trying to mess with that chemistry at all? But anyway, whatever. Hey, I you have a chance to get Patrick Kane. I get it. I, I I'm on board. I understand. Like, if you can't say no, or it's mm-hmm. hard to say no, but you mm-hmm. can say no. It's hard to say no, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it works. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it works. I hope I'm wrong for feeling a little bit negative about it, mm-hmm. but I just don't think he's going to come in and fix anything. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, and, and how many years has it been since they played together? You know, like, yeah, I think that's a good, you know, like, I think you have a good, you know, like, yeah, they played really good together in Chicago, but it's like also, I don't remember who was centering them at that point. Like, oh, yeah, no, uh, no, yeah, I don't know. And I was going to say Nisimov, but that's who was Panarin and him. Mm. Uh, I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, it's tough. Again, I, I, it just sucks that it's came two years in a row mm-hmm. because it's like we're kind of in the same conflict that we had with him in the Rangers last year, where it's like you're kind of pushing people out and you don't really have room for them. And it's not like, a oh they here and that pushes this person out which pushes this person out and now you're really rocking where it's like okay you know like and that's where i think kind of boston went a little over to last year with bertuzzi it's like okay who's the other piece they picked up i'm drawing a blank was it flino no uh, hathaway hathaway that's right hathaway that one made sense to me mm-hmm. it's somebody that you can you can play in your your bottom six he can move around you know kind of thing and it gave you a lot of flexibility and while Bertuzzi was good, but it's like they should have done that first end because it's like they really only wanted one of them. And but it's also Bertuzzi cost you a lot more. So it's yeah. like you don't really want to be. So it's like it's kind of a similar thing, which I get that you want to fill holes and you want to make sure that you have the depth. But it's also like at what point, it, like you don't know that whoever you're bringing in is going to necessarily be an upgrade over what you already have. Yep. Do you run that risk? And it's like, and that's something that I'm like, I don't know. It's it's tough because again, I mean, I feel like Blake Wheeler has kind of proven my point of like having those savvy vets in the locker room. And while the points certainly haven't shown, but the Rangers are currently sitting first in the Metro and they're tied with Boston for top in the East. So like they're doing something right. Yep. And I think he's helped a lot with that. And he's because he's consistently playing on the first line and not putting up points. Okay. Like, so he's clearly doing something right. Yeah. 
I think it's important to have those guys, but I just don't know where he fits. Like I, I, I just I'm very concerned about the fit there. Right. Well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, going back to like the Boston thing last year, I remember that. Like I, I completely agree. Like you're pushing guys out. I mean, in Game Seven of the playoffs, Nick Foligno was a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. But when you put yourself in a position where you have to chase guys out of a lineup and you have to make tough decisions, and unfortunately that happens, and like in their case, Taylor Hall and Felino both got hurt mm-hmm. the day or two days before the trade deadline. They're like, okay, well, if this continues, we need to have someone here. So that's why they, that's when they did that. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it really hurt them mm-hmm. because, like you said, I agree. And same with Detroit. Like you're going to take out a good player and you're in third place right now. You're 11 and six. You're playing well. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's necessary, but I get it. It's the same argument. Um, I think when we had Raul on and we were talking about the Rangers, he brought up, like, if you have a chance to sign Patrick Kane or have Patrick Kane play on your team, it's hard to say no. And mm-hmm. I agree, but you can say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But we'll see. Hey, it might work out, and we could be completely wrong. I just I, I just get concerned about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I, hope, I hope we're wrong. I really do. I hope we're wrong. But we'll see. I'm with that. No. All right. I guess we have one more piece of news to talk about, which we'll we'll keep quick and short. Which is Corey Perry has had his contract terminated. So there's a lot of speculation going on right now. So, as all of you or those of you who listen regularly know. We do not get political here. So we're going to talk about the hockey side of this. We're not going to get into all the other off-ice stuff. Um, and there's still a lot of uh, pieces going on. What we do know is his contract has, is well, it's on waivers to be with the intentions of buying it out. I don't see anybody taking him on, so I would imagine that that's going to go through tomorrow and he will, his contract will be terminated by tomorrow. We do know that Kyle Davidson came and said that it has nothing to do with any of the other Chicago players or their families. So there's a rumor floating around about Perry and Dard's mom. That is clearly not true. So we know those things for a fact. We also know that he was brought in to help Bedard. They brought Perry, they brought Hall, and they brought Felino in this offseason to help with that. They're now down to Felino. Now, Hall's still around, but He's not on the ice with them. This hurts them a lot. They, regardless of what happened, and we're not getting into that side of things, Perry was still helpful to the team. He's somebody who's been around the league for a very long time. He knows what it means to be a professional athlete. He knows what it means to win. He's somebody that's helpful in the locker room. That is now gone. So it's definitely something that's going to affect the team. Now, I really... I. It's one of those things where people would be like, how do you how do you like their season when they're really bad? But I like what Chicago's doing. They're they're losing lots of games, sure. But they're playing pretty well. Um, they're not really getting ripped apart. Um, the the young players are taking steps and you know, you're seeing some holes and you're seeing some things being exposed, which is good. Like you you want that because then you know, like, okay. What are Bedard's faults? He's finding that out this year. That's good. You want that. Uh, Kevin Korczynski has been playing really good this year. He has some faults. They're working through them. Alex Vlasic, I've mentioned him before on the show. 
he's been another really good prospect. He's really starting to take step forward. They're still losing games. That's fine. Honestly, that's good. You want to be picking in the top five again this year. You want to realistically, you want to be picking in the top two. Like that's good for them. So, and then again, it's another piece that they can't move at the deadline now. So it's like another thing that kind of hurts them. So it's like the hockey side of this is like, this is tough. Now, you know, it, it's, you know, maybe him being out of the locker room with whatever was going on is good, but I don't know. It's just like, again, we don't want to speculate on that, but like, it'd be really nice to, well, it, it would just, it would be good for, I don't know. It's, it's tough. This is such a delicate situation and I'm yeah. trying to not. Right. It's, it's tough because I don't care. Like, frankly, yeah. I don't care. That's just me. That's mm-hmm. my personal opinion. That's between him. That's between the Blackhawks. Yep. My job, or yeah, my job as a hockey fan is to just Chicago's going to miss him. Yeah. Period. Yeah. They're, they just lost a good tradable asset at the deadline. They just lost a good player that plays a really tough game. He's tough in front of the net on the power play. We all know what Corey Perry does. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago just lost a lot mm-hmm. by that. Whatever happened, it's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever happened, like I said, whatever happened, it, it happened. Mm-hmm. I'm going to strictly stick to the ice. Chicago just lost a good piece. And it's a shame. Uh, uh, yeah, four goals, five assists, nine points in 16 games. Uh, that's pretty much what I'd ex- or that's more than what I'd hope for for a guy like Corey Perry at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a shame. Um, yeah, don't miss him. It's kind of, mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. It was a negative 28 last year. Jeez. Holy crap. Well, yeah, I kind of remember that when we talked about Tampa and our, uh, when we were reviewing them, that fourth line with Maroon and all those guys were all in the minus 20s. Oof. That's brutal. But, yeah. So, hey, we're just going to leave it at that. It is what it is. Um, unfortunately for Chicago, it didn't pan out. Okay, so be it. They lost a seventh round pick for it. Whatever. Yeah, they just it have to, it is. Yeah, they just have to move on. Yep. And, Go find possibly another one. Yeah. Just go find someone else that you can bring in. And well, I guess they kind of did. Yeah. yeah. I guess well, we'll just transition over that real quick. So coming through, like literally, we were prepping, we were well, prepping, we were playing NHL hits yeah. and we were getting ready to. Well, I was working on the other, the other episodes. You know, we were doing, we were working. It was a very intense game. It was that also too. That was the best game we've played yet. Yeah, so far we'll see. This this next game may be better, but um, and the news came across that Anthony Beauvillier has been traded to the Chicago Blackhawks for a 2024 fifth round pick. I have no idea what the heck how or what the heck Vancouver's doing with this. Why would you give up somebody like Beauvillier for a fifth round pick? Like I really like he has eight points in twenty two games, which isn't great, but he's like that they're playing so well right now. I don't want to understand what they're doing. Like I I was very thrown off by just seeing his name traded. Yeah. And then for a fifth, I'm like, okay. So I don't know, maybe something's coming. Maybe something else is gonna happen here in the near future. Uh Chicago did take on all the cap. Which mm-hmm. is big, four point one, mm-hmm. um, which I still think is a pretty fair number for what he brings. But um, I, yeah, I'm not really sure. Not really, I'm not really understanding what that's all about. But mm-hmm. I guess we'll wait and see a little bit. 
I think Vancouver just lost a good piece on their team. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I can't wrap my head around getting rid of him and then getting rid of him for nothing. Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, he was the big NHL player name in the Bo Horvat deal. Mm-hmm. The Islanders fans, I'm sure they're flipping out right now. They're like, <laughs> I would have given up a second round pick to bring him back. They loved them there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. I, but I mean, good again, asset management and Kyle Davidson is doing a very good job. If they put him on that first line and he puts up good points in between now and the deadline, they're easily going to turn that fifth round pick into a first round pick because he absolutely has a potential to become valuable enough for a first round pick. So, and I'm just like on, on the subject of, of Chicago, just like mind blown. They have three forwards out of their 14 signed pass this year. It's insane. Now, a bunch of them are RFAs, but still, that's crazy. Dude, you find something new every day. I swear. I'll just, I should just stalk through Cat Friendly every day and just find random things like this. But, oh my no, That's gosh. awesome. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, I think he's going to be a good fit there. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, me too. And he may be making Vancouver go, what the heck were we doing? <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. All right. Anything else? Nope. I'm good. All right. I'm, I'm checked out for the week. Are you sure? I am. All right. Well, bye for a while. Thank you. Jerk. I won't be seeing Devin Levi, unfortunately. I was looking forward to seeing him get wrecked. I got glass seats. I was going to sit right next to him. I was going to maybe stick my belly against the glass. And... <laughs> maybe make a sign that says come on glass bones hockey podcast and put it up here That's we know we know someone you know yeah i know you through someone <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so real quickly i'm gonna interrogate you a little bit so why don't you tell us what you're doing on your honeymoon with well the hockey side of things yeah oh so. well, we're going up to boston for a week and uh, i decided to it's our honeymoon so i decided i'm gonna spend some money i've never done this before but bought tickets right up against the glass uh very expensive <laughs> it was hard to click place order but i did it um and we're gonna sit yeah we're sitting right at the glass on the saber's end uh forget what section it is but i should be on the tv so mm. and you see see a guy running up and down the shirt off it's probably gonna be me um but yeah we're doing that and then doing a couple other things while we're up there but then saturday the coyotes are in town we're gonna go to that game too and I won't be sitting on the glass for that one because those <laughs> tickets were about double what Thursday's was. So, oh well, I guess Saturday, and it's a one o'clock game on Saturday. So, I still, I, I still haven't bought tickets. I'm just gonna, I'll buy them Friday night. Yeah, that's fine. Try to get a cheaper deal somewhere. So, it's Arizona. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch a game. <laughs> I mean, I do. Well, okay. I really wanted. I was yeah. really excited to see that one up and close, but yeah, it was a lot more expensive. So, yeah, but no, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait for that. Um, I was only up in Boston one time in my life and I saw them lose two nothing to the Sharks. So I have yet to see a goal scored up there and I'm looking forward to it. Now you're definitely going to see at least a couple scored. <laughs> Better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they will. They will. Don't you worry. Yeah. Don't you worry. They're on their first little cold streak in two yeah. years. So uh yeah, we'll see. I mean, scoring goals hasn't been their problem. This last couple of games has been stopping goals, which is why I'm not concerned. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> they'll figure that out. Yep, because they do, and they've got they have a very good guy behind the bench who knows how to fix that. Yep. So, 
Uh, but well, yeah, no. So yeah, we're super excited about it. Um, I, Sarah, who I'm marrying, was never really into hockey until she met me, and now I can't get her to turn a game off. So <laughs> she's really excited to go up and see every see the game, and I'm excited to show her the game up close because we've been to a couple games before, but not up close. So I don't think she really realizes how fast the game really is, and I'm excited to be able to show that because. If no one's ever done it, even if it's at a lower level game, or uh, frankly, even like at a high school game or something, just go down low and you can really see how fast of a game this really is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm really excited to be able to show her that and it'll be a good time. So Mm -hmm. really looking forward to it. Well, you make sure you have fun. I will miss you, but we want you to enjoy your time away. Thanks, buddy. And glad that you got yourself a woman who likes hockey. Yeah, because I don't know where to find one of those. <laughs> it's it's rare. I've been told I'm lucky. <laughs> you are for many reasons, but well, when it comes to her, at least. But actually, I think it was what was it two weeks ago? I was driving home, and so I I got her into our family fantasy hockey league, which is a keeper league. It's a dynasty league that we've been doing for. It's got to be pushing twenty years now. I mean, I was a I was like nine years old when we started it, and. So I got her in that this year and she like I was driving home and I was talking about something like kind of serious, like something about work or something. And she's just like, go, go, go. Yes. And I'm like, what? She's like, Matthew Shane just scored in overtime. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so awesome. So, yeah, no, I am. I'm lucky. <laughs> well, it's also been funny for me, like. I don't see Sarah that much. Every once in a while, she'll come down with Kyle when, when we're recording or something. But it's been fascinating, like, watching that before. It's, like, where we would we would talk about hockey, and she'd kind of, like, like ask questions or, like, oh, who's that again or whatever. And now it's, like, we'll be talking, and then she'll be throwing stuff in. Mm-hmm. And be, like, you clearly can keep up with us just fine. Like, yep. it's, you know, and, and it's not like we're talking metrics or anything crazy like that. Like, we're just talking about hockey. Yep. So we're doing what we do right now because that's the whole reason we do this. But yeah, no, that's awesome. So, well, have fun. Enjoy it. We'll do. So I can't wait to hear about it. I'm sure we'll talk about it when you get back. Yeah, we'll do. Oh, yes. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Glassbones hockey podcast. We appreciate all the listens and all the likes and all that goes on with that. So you can find us on Instagram. You can leave us reviews on Spotify. I don't know if you can do anything with Apple Podcasts because I'm never on because I don't I'm not stupid and own an Apple product. But yeah. Boom. Roasted. I'm just gonna alienate half of our audience with that, but it's fine, you know? So I don't really mean it. They're all the same. Trust me, they're all the same. Don't hate me. Don't send Kyle texts about my comment about Apple. Oh. <laughs> oh, we'll just get all the sound effects out right now. Uh Yes. That one was for you, Elliot. It's only a game. Why do you have to be mad? I think her intro should just be you just putting pushing random random <laughs> ones now. Oh, uh, yes. Anyway, we'll actually sign off now because it's now time to go play some more NHL hits. Let's go. Uh, thank you all for listening. See you next week. <laughs>